I just had a Zoom date. I've had the, you know, had one, a few now. A few of them. I was with the same lady, and we've we've reached the uh, that the awkward the awkward naked time with the Zoom call. And let me tell you, man, nothing's. <laughs> Mike, I feel like that's relatively uncharted territory, specifically with Zoom. I guess what is entailed in the awkward naked part of the Zoom call? I mean, that's the thing, man. No one's really sure what the hell they're doing. Like, I feel like. It's like a naked dance, but it's it's way less fun than it is when you're in person with somebody because, you know, you're just like... Because you're mean, still technically in a room by yourself. You're in a room by yourself and you're... I mean, I don't know, man. I don't like really dancing around naked in front of a camera. Or what kind internet. of dancing, if I may be so bold? <laughs> I mean, Nick, I want... Uh, it's, it's mating dancing, Nick. Hey, wait, wait, Mike, did you go full primal in front of Zoom? Full, dude, Zoom got to see a primal Mike Russell. I, I, I mean, the, the Chinese government that's stealing all the information really got a full full look, man. A full look-see. I'll, you might convince them to just turn off all of their surveillance tools right then and there. He's a patriot, He's David. a hero. <laughs> and I'll tell you, the girl's from the UK, so she uh, you know, really likes the American look. I'll tell you what. Yeah? What is the American look? Dumb. <laughs> Hey, we're working on rebranding that. Steve, you sound you're Steve, you're a dirty ass liberal. You're always sounding so anti-American. Why do you hate your country, Steve? Yeah, Steve, when did you start hating America? Because our country hates a lot of people. A lot of people that live in America. You know, if only we could build some sort of like, you know, bridge over this gap between the different peoples in this country. There you know? it is. <laughs> I would if some of them would stop being so cataclysmically stupid. He's not going to take it. How many, how many things are going to dish you, Steve? See, how come every time Mike tries to transition into the episode, you don't let him? I mean, I had a Zoom date with a girl in London. I'm trying to build bridges between the gaps of people in this country. What else do you want from me, Steve? Mike, everything you just said hits my brain as just a normal thing that you would say. You know, None my, of it read as transition. Mike, I'm going to say you did the busy work. We did it. Congratulations, guys. Welcome to the Song Tops <laughs> Report, where we dissect bad, bizarre, or otherwise noteworthy music to figure out how it died. I am your host, Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm totally, no, I'm the guy who totally knew everything that just happened. I was just playing along, Steve Trollinger. <laughs> Yes, Steve. Uh, yep. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. It's another fun, sequestered Zoom recording session. Although, as Mike has indicated, he's becoming very intimately familiar with how to handle Zoom calls. Oh, yes, Nick. Oh, yes. I tell you, I learned something new every day on the Zoom. What did you learn the last time? <laughs> uh, that camera angles are very important if you want to you know, get, a, get the, the perfect display of, of what you got to give this world for the... <laughs> Or at least give the ladies of this world. Or or men, I guess. I, I, or whoever, <laughs> whatever Chinese government agency is watching the Zoom calls. <laughs> whatever Solar One Elon Musk spy satellite is watching our dicks at all times. <laughs> at all times. Uh, but if it is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you so much for joining us in these weird, uncertain times. Uh, today we're covering... I, I realize, guys, the artist that we're covering today is tied with... I think Chad Kroger is the artist who has appeared the most frequently on our podcast. And 
in hindsight, I don't know if she deserves it because she's a very talented singer, but she just happens to have made a lot of songs that are worthy of discussion on this podcast. Hey, I love discussing. I love discussing Fergie. Are you kidding? Like, Oh, by the way, we're talking about Fergie today. Oh, we oh. are talking about Fergie today, as the title of this episode oh. indicated. Uh, and this was kind of her, the song that we're discussing today was kind of her first major single as a solo artist. So it has a very key place in American history. Yes. Um, it, uh, I guess we can get right into it. Uh, so I, I wanted to bring this in today because uh, we're, we're nearing my song top subversary, I think, of when I joined the show. And the first song we talked about with me was the Black Eyed Peas song, My Hums, which features Fergie as a member of the Black Eyed Peas, quite uh, features her in every sense of the word feature. Um, <laughs> and uh, about a year or so, year and a half, almost two years after that, uh, on a day that I had something much better to do. Um, <laughs> Damn uh, it, Steve! Nick, Nick and Mike talked about MILF money. Uh, or MILF dollar sign, however you're supposed to say it. Um, I've got to say, th- both of those episodes might be two of my personal faves. You know, not just because of the artist, but, I mean, we had some fun. We had not, some fun. Not we, just because of you. you remember. Pour, not just because <laughs> of, of you pouring ice-cold milk on yourself in the middle of February outside. <laughs> Yo, Mike would have done best... that even if we weren't talking about Fergie. Yeah. <laughs> that was a hell of a photo shoot, man. I feel like I could be like a... Like a pinup model for uh, for dairy farms across America. Yeah, so uh, I wasn't there for that episode because, again, better things to do. But uh, that was about a year and a half ago, so I figure it's not. It, it always seems like we just finished talking about Fergie, but it's actually we usually we have put about a year or two in between each episode. Yeah. Um, and uh, specifically when I listened to the Milk Money episode afterwards, I uh, I one of the things Nick said during the episode I remember was. Uh, he brought up the song we're going to discuss today, London Bridge. Uh, and I remember listening to the episode and going, like, oh, they better not talk about London Bridge. I wanted to talk about London Bridge. <laughs> and here we are today, two and years later, is, talking Steve. about London Bridge. <laughs> uh, so, Nick, why don't you hit us with a little bit of that fat beat? Oh, shit! Oh, shit! Oh, shit! Oh, shit! Oh, shit! Are you ready for this? Oh, shit! Okay, so we're going to unpack some of the things that we just listened to. There's but, quite a bit um, to unpack just there. Yeah, um, so as as Nick mentioned uh, before, this was her first solo single, um, and uh, from her debut solo album, The Duchess, came out in 2006, and it's spelled wrong, uh, I should say up front. Uh, du- Duchess is spelled D-U-C-H-E-S-S, but uh, the... Uh, song or the uh, album is spelled D U T C H E S S as though she were a Dutch duchess. Well, maybe maybe that's what she was going for, Steve. Does she have a little Dutch in her? So there's, I I don't think so. But the, in fact, given her, I believe, given the fact that her last name is Ferguson and she has a propensity for wearing tartan, I'm assuming much of her background is Scottish, Gaelic, Celtic in some way. Oh my God! I, it never clicked to me that it would be Ferguson. Yeah. Wasn't that, Stacey wasn't that Clarissa? Clarissa explains it all as little brother. 
Yes, that was also his, his that character's name. Yes. Oh my god, I want to see him both, saying this. Both sex icons, <laughs> both sex icons in different ways. So wait, Steve, um, are you? I don't want to get too ahead, but do you think that the fact that she decided to make the song about London Bridge was embracing possibly some of this heritage? Uh, yes, that was part of it. Because um, I'll it say, was... I will say right up front, um, Steve did the, was the primary researcher for this. Uh, the only research I did was all about the history of London Bridge itself, uh, which I think, which actually has given me a newfound appreciation for Fergie, as the song is actually quite nuanced and layered when you get uh, when you get under the bridge of it. Except for the fact that in the music video, she's singing in front of the Tower Bridge instead of the actual London Bridge. Uh, well, we'll get into that. You know, <laughs> tomato, tomato. So the album title is spelled wrong, and the song single the single song music video takes place in front of the wrong bridge. That's where we're starting. Um, I oh now, shit! Yo, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Now throwing, I, out, throwing out some shade, right? Real early. In my research, I couldn't discern if this was done on purpose for any reason. I'm going to say that it's misspelled, not necessarily on purpose, but because in, in truth, a lot of people spell it wrong. It's one of those words that everyone spells wrong. Uh, I, um, definitely, I definitely feel like I've spelled it wrong. I feel like yeah. it just feels right to throw the T in. You just want or, the T. Or like when you're trying to tea. say... Give me a cup of tea with that duchess. Come on. You're trying to like spell chef and you spell chief instead or something like that. (laughs) Happens to the best of us. Um, So the title uh, of the album, The Duchess, is a reference uh, to the Duchess of York, uh, Sarah Ferguson, who is also known as Fergie, arguably the more famous Fergie. And I actually found out that after this album's release, uh, the Duchess of York actually called Fergie. And invited her to partner on a, a partner on a charity function to unite the Fergies, <laughs> which was I yeah. <laughs> I love that. So the song uh, "London Bridge" was written by her, uh, Mike Hartnett, Sean Garrett, who also worked on Usher's "Yeah," and uh, it was produced by Jamal Fincher Jones, who's also known as uh, Polo Dadon. Uh, or Paolo de Don. I actually couldn't figure out how to pronounce it. So forgive me for being not with the times. Um, who's actually, he's actually a very famous producer. Um, he produced he produced Milf Money, first of all, so he was also the producer on that song. Uh-huh. And he also produced Nicki Minaj's Anaconda. Oh my God, so many perennial favorites on our yeah. podcast. Dude, this guy was all about the lady parts. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> that's what his LinkedIn bio says. So the song's lyrics... Uh, uh, discuss quite a quite a few things. Um, the music was actually written before it was produced before the lyrics were written. Um, so uh, uh, Paolo de Don wrote the music before the lyrics, and Fergie asked him what she should write the song about, and he responded, "Just you be in the shit." And arguably, oh, that's, shit! yeah, arguably that's the song we got because the the main thrust of this song is that uh, Fergie. Believes herself to be the shit. She's just building, she's establishing her brand, you know? She's branching out as a solo artist. People need to know that she is the shit. So, Nick, if you want to start up that uh, first verse again, we'll get into it a little more specific. A dissection is imperative. I'm not going to talk about Fergie too much, because we talk, we've, her background is fairly well known. Yes, listen to our episodes on um, My Humps and Melf Money to get more into the background of Fergie. When I come to the club, step aside Pop the seats, don't be heavy in the line VIP, cause you know I gotta shine I'm Fergie Ferg, give me love you long time I wasn't 
wasn't really expecting a Full Metal Jacket slash Vietnam War reference at the end of the very first verse on a song called London Bridge. Yeah, we'll get to that. So um, this song, essentially, like I brought up before, is Fergie feeling herself. This is the this is the plot of the song. Um, when I come to the club, step aside. Interior the, club. Inter, interior <laughs> club. Step aside. Part the seas. So we're already like everyone, everyone move away Old Testament style from me. Uh, don't be having me in the line. So I don't have to wait in line. Everyone move out of my way. This club is mine now. Oh, well, I remember I went to a haunted house in New Jersey. Uh, um, okay, what was it called? Brighton Asylum. And you could buy this VIP pass where you didn't have to wait in the actual line to get into the haunted house. You went into like a kind of like premiere line. So is that kind of what Fergie is going through? Yeah, except instead of a haunted house... You know, it's just a bunch of people dancing sweatily against each other. I would argue, for me, that's scarier than a haunted house. There's certainly more that could go wrong. <laughs> exactly. I think nowadays, Le- legally speaking, really, really freak people out. Choose man. one it- place where it's dark and scary, and there's people jumping out from you in the dark. Also, the haunted house is scary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fergie describes the song as being quote, kind of like a punch in the face to let people know I'm coming out. I'm. I've been getting way too <laughs> into myself. I've been getting way too into myself nowadays, and I just want to have fun with as many men as I can possibly have. Yo, man, if she was a man, that that just makes me just a guy coming out of the closet and just punching people in the face and ready to go, man. Let's go. Yeah, I'm fucking gay. Oh, Boom. shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Let's have some fun with some dudes. <laughs> I mean, that would probably be the, the healthiest coming out like there's probably Punching like people in the face. Like this, the the first healthiest coming out is probably coming out and having immediate acceptance from all your friends and family, and then that's the end of the story. You just get to be yourself from now on. The second best case scenario coming out is like kicking the door in. I'm gay, guys. Come on, punch, punch anyone who wants to take a run at me. I'm. This is my life now. Like that's probably the second healthiest way to go about coming out. But I don't think that's what Fergie's relating to. No, 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 it's not. Uh, She specifically uses the word like, as in kind of like a punch in the face, which indicates assembly, meaning she's not going to actually punch people in the face. And I can't believe I had to explain that to human adults. Fergie (laughs) is not, in fact, going to punch people in the face. So, and as Nick pointed out, the very next line, I'm Fergie Ferg, and me love you long time. And they have the gong in that section as well? Yes, so a lot of lot of things to unpack just from that the first like ten seconds. There's like a lot of conversation that needs to be had. So Mike, have you ever seen the movie uh, Full Metal Jacket? Uh, I saw the first half. I, I guess I kind of saw the whole movie, but I don't remember <laughs> I thought, the first the first half. I thought know? you were about to say I only saw the first one. <laughs> oh. Did you ever see Full Metal Jacket two? Back to Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. So via, So it's a. It's a. It was a movie directed by um, Stanley Kubrick, uh, and it's uh, about soldiers in Vietnam and the dehumanizing nature of that conflict. Um, one of the, uh, but uh, a lot of American films that take place in that time typically focus on how it dehumanizes American soldiers. Very few of them actually focus on how it dehumanizes the people that they are impacting by being there. And one of which uh, is uh, is sort of encapsulated in the scene where a Vietnamese prostitute um, propositions herself to two American soldiers with uh, uh, the broken English phrase, me so horny, me love you long time. Uh, 
um, really kind of in a very short moment encapsulating how screwed up like the American presence of Vietnam is like what their presence is doing to the Vietnamese, like how it's sort of denigrating them and bringing bringing in this point where this is like what this young woman has to do to survive. Um, but it's also a great disposable line in a pop song. Yeah. Or rap song or film <laughs> or general conversation this, that can be had with any person. Me so horny and me love you long time are pretty prolific in culture, I feel like. It, yeah, it is the most casual of casual racism. Ah, yeah. uh, uh, man. But if you're white saying it, or does it not matter? Because the first person no, it to say it was... it doesn't I don't, fucking I don't, matter. Who knows even a Fergie wash full metal jacket? You know what I mean? She's just like... First First of all, it, it it's... It's a lot, as Nick and I were just saying, it's like incredibly casual racism. Like, people don't even think about saying it anymore. It's just like, oh, that's not a thing to get offended about because of how often people use it. Like, white people say it, black people say it, it doesn't matter. It's actually like a a phrase that has a whole lot of baggage behind it that we just, like, people just throw out and don't even think about. They threw the baggage out. They wanted to reclaim, reclaim the phrase. They're like, I want to love people a long time. So I'm gonna. I mean, is that is that no, a crime? No, <laughs> is that a crime to want to love for a long time, Steve? And no, say, no. I mean, you know, just. I mean, you look at memes nowadays. The English is all fucked up. I mean, we don't even use speak right English anymore, man. It's all okay, fucked. Okay, but no, no, like I has cheeseburger. I no, has cheeseburger. No, <laughs> no, no Asian, Vietnamese, Southeast Asian. Nobody's. Yeah, Vietnamese. Thank you, Vietnamese. <laughs> uh. No, none of them are trying to take this back, Mike. This is a white-ass woman saying, me love you long time. And again, I'm going to say up front, it's so casual at this point in terms of like how many people use it and how often that you're not even like, I don't, she's not trying to be offensive or like controversial. She, she like everyone else who uses that phrase, doesn't even consider it a racist thing anymore. That's how casual it is. But once again, Mike, for the full context, and it, Steve, it's interesting. I did not know that the the music was written before the lyrics, but I wonder if the gong sound effect was added before the lyrics were there oh. too, because that would be wild. Maybe that then subconsciously influenced <laughs> Fergie, because the way it sounds. VIP, because you know I gotta shine. I'm Fergie Ferg, give me love you long time. Or maybe I mean, maybe the uh, backing vocalists were actually aware of the racism, the inadvertent racism that's actually happening. And as soon as she does that, they're like, "Oh shit! Uh, oh shit!" Like they're they're like one centimeter away from using da 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 da. Like that's they're all, very all, close. They're very close. Like taking these two things together. So again, I don't. Uh, you I'm might bringing be, this, man, Steve. You might be right. If there wasn't a gone noise, I'd say fuck it. But now it's like uh, I don't know. No, uh, but here's the thing: the phrase "me love you long time" is 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 a racist thing to say. If if even if like it doesn't matter who's saying it, it's 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 a racist thing to say. But nobody nobody who isn't like affected by it as a racial thing even considers it racism anymore. So I'm not. I'm talking about it now just because it's in this song. I'm not saying like Fergie's a racist. I'm. I'm just saying because we're talking about this song, this is the time to bring it up. So, so just just to be straight, I gotta make sure I go. I'm gonna love you a long time. I can't. I, you know, if I'm gonna. You know what? I guess I can't even say if that's better. Like, because it, it's still <laughs> all like I know. Close. All I know is it's the second time Mike has said that on a Zoom call this week. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's, that's a little bit of, that's, that's just, 
That's the Ferg uh, metal jacket yeah. moment. The fir- the fir- that, oh, yeah. yes, Steve. I mean, Nick, I'll every way to say that. <laughs> I love it. Like, I, the fact that... The f- like, the oh, fact that this song is so... Like, it throws something so problematic at you so casually at the very start. Like, I can't... I don't even know how to handle the rest and of that's, the song. And that's before we even get into the subject of the title of the song. <laughs> exactly. How so come every time Steve comes around, my racism, racism is casually bringing him down? Okay, <laughs> all right. rolls right off the tongue, Mike. <laughs> okay, new new rule for the rest of for the rest of this episode: no more of that. <laughs> Unless you Fine. had something prepared to fit the meter and rhythm, no more trying to do that. <laughs> okay. Jesus, um, oh man, fuck, fucks up one parody lyric and that's it. Okay, well, actually, I was thinking though, this um, this song gets me thinking. All the oh shits, I, I really wish this was like taking place with like a, like a couple of dog people walking their dogs down the street and like nobody picked up the dog shit. So it's just like the whole time like oh shit, like oh shit, as in like oh, oh shit. comma shit. <laughs> there are thirty two uses of the word shit in this song, and each 30? one is unique. Yes. All right, let's uh, continue. All my girls get down on the floor. Oh, back to back, drop it down real loud. Oh, I'm such a lady, but I'm dancing like a house. Because oh, you know what? I don't give a fuck, so here we go. All right, so, yeah. Uh, all my girls get down on the floor. I am going to read these so, like, white. Like, it's not even funny how, how white I am. Oh, it's a little <laughs> funny. Um, um, all my girls get down on the flow. Oh, floor, shit. Flow. Oh shit! Back to back, drop it down real low. So we there's a that's I think we've all if we haven't been in the club, we've seen enough scenes of people in the club to know like that this is a pretty good like visualization of like the, these these lyrics are actually like they put this image in your mind very easily. Let me tell you, there's nothing better than bringing it down to the flow. And then having the lady in front of you bring it down to the floor. But it's man. tough, Mike, because she specifies the women actually go back to back and then bring it down to the floor. That actually requires some coordination. You can't be pushing too hard on your partner. You've got to kind of evenly distribute your weight as you go down to the floor. It's like an act. It's like an acting exercise, like an acting warm up exercise. It's, it's a Nick, mutual you, trust fall, but sexy. Nick, when you got when you got the moves and you, and you've been in the club a few times, you know what you know what it's called. You know you learn how to do that dance move, man. It's but like, on butts, you and I, could we do that the next time we go to the club? Oh, Nick, you got it, buddy. You got it. Although with the six-foot distances we have to keep between each other, I, I don't know. That's true. Okay, we just get like two yard sticks and put them back to back, and then we lean against those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Good God. Dancing in the club, social distancing. Can you imagine like uh, grinding from six feet away? It's like, are, are we doing it? I, I can't tell. It looks like everyone is dry humping a ghost. Does <laughs> <laughs> It looks like a really weird, like, Sesame Street sketch where it's like, this is the letter L. This is the letter R. Um, so uh, I'm such a lady, but I'm dancing like a hoe. Because you know I don't give a fuck, so here we go. That's so a little liberating. Yeah. You know, she is so, aware of yeah. the perception people might have of how she's dancing, but she does not care. This is... um. That's this is Let an the ladies dance, Steve. Let well, the I ladies express I'm themselves. Not, I'm not stopping them. <laughs> Steve is against what? women dancing. He's that guy who owns the town in Footloose. Now, Nick, he doesn't own the town. He metaphorically just, owns the town. He's the he's the preeminent citizen of that town. 
Um, he, and he, o- he only he, doesn't, he only forbids dancing because his daughter or something was dancing and then got into a car accident, and those two things are connected. So the uh, this whole song is kind of an anthem for that kind of activity. This is a very, like, sexually liberated woman's anthem that you could you could say that's what this song is about i feel like every song that fergie comes out is a sexually liberating woman song well part my of my humps my humps my humps you know two in the front one in the whatever and then uh the, the milf money you know this is about women being able to be sexy and powerful and you got i mean i'll tell you and because it's true man it's true that these women deserve to uh that kind of empowerment you know, let let your sexiness own it. Wait, now now here's the thing. This song, when it came out, was I I should say in a in a polite way, critically all over the place. Like there were people that really liked it, people and a lot of people that really hated it, and even the people that really liked it didn't sound like they were liking it. Like my favorite review was one I found from All Music. This is a positive review that is praising the song. They called it quote inexplicably asinine <laughs> which essentially means for some reason it's stupid like that's like this reviewer is like this song is good because it is stupid for a reason i can't fathom incredibly stupid and that's a positive review they liked it they gave it like five stars but most of the criticisms of this song came from a lot of people being put off by like how not necessarily that it was like sexually explicit, but the fact that it was like not being very poetic about how ex- how sexually explicit <laughs> they're being. Like they were they were like picking the low hanging fruit essentially. Uh, but do you want to get in the chorus? <clears throat> yes, let's start with the chorus. All right. Now, all right. So, so now we get into the um, uh, AP English literature adi- <laughs> uh, 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 section of the song, and by AP English literature class uh, edition, I or, or portion, I mean like the part of the song that is open to any sort of interpretation you want to to open it to. Well, actually, so when I first heard the song, because I can I can remember when the song first came out. Um, I remember it being. Kind of frustrated at the time, even that the song is sexually called, frustrated, Nick. Well, that was for unrelated reasons, but yes, uh, I can remember being frustrated that uh, the lyric—it's it's about London Bridge, or the 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 chorus is mentioning London Bridge, and the music video shows her like grinding up against like Buckingham Palace, like guards and stuff. But none of the, none of the lyrics, none of the additional lyrics have anything to do with anything London or UK related or London Bridge, which, as Steve mentioned earlier, frequently is misconstrued as Tower Bridge, which is the famous bridge everyone knows about and is not, in fact, London Bridge. However, upon doing further research, I've concluded that uh, Fergie actually brilliantly is using the historical significance of the London Bridge to kind of paint a picture about how she feels in regards to uh, her paparazzi, in regards to feeling sexually empowered in the club. Uh, And I I have a mini thesis on it, but she's actually brought up some very good points. Do you want me to guess your thesis, Nick? Guess it, and I will let you know. (laughs) Okay. Are you... Is she talking about... Is she uh, correlating 
the number of times the London Bridge has been destroyed and rebuilt since ancient Rome with her own ability to pick herself back up. Very wow. close. Because at first I was confused in that she says, how come every time um, you come around my London Bridge, we going down? I thought, well, wait a second. The London Bridge is not a drawbridge. It wouldn't go down. And then I remembered the infamous children's rhyme, uh, London yeah. Bridge is Falling Down, the earliest records of which uh, are found in the mid-17th century in which the song London Bridge is Falling Down was in reference to, as Steve mentioned, the frequency at which the London Bridge itself needed to be rebuilt. Uh, because the first bridge was most likely built um, by the Roman military in a pontoon-type bridge, but that was most likely destroyed uh, by Boudicca, who was a um, Celtic warrior... The, the Celtic warrior queen Boudicca? Yes, the Celtic warrior queen Boudicca uh, possibly destroyed the bridge. And then in 1209 AD, the bridge was rebuilt by the Archbishop of Canterbury uh, and was dedicated to his erstwhile friend and later opponent, uh, Thomas Beckett. And that bridge lasted for quite a while, up until, uh, I believe, the mid-18th uh, mid century, in which they had to rebuild the bridge again. So Fergie says we're going down like the bridge, which has frequently been put into a state of disrepair and then builds itself back up. The only difference, Steve, was I wasn't certain if going down was a reference to her rebuilding herself or was a sexual reference to going down. That is the only part. Oh. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to see if there's evidence to um, cunnilingus in the state of disrepair that the London Bridge has been in over the centuries. Nick, you sweet talker. You're going to make us all hot and bothered with all that talk. Nick, I thought I was hot under this blanket already, but oh, Jesus. Shit. <laughs> um. So, what's up with these uh, these kids' nursery rhymes being about fucked up shit? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it was, it was a such a happy song. London Bridge is falling down. But think about the lyrics. Down, a bridge, as a, an important piece of architecture, is falling down. That can only be detrimental to the health and infrastructure of a city. <laughs> but yes, Nick, as Nick pointed out, there there are many interpretations, and it, it's sort of like the chorus of the song is a weird Rorschach test about. It's more I'm, about wait, what you. What, what kind of test, it's, what kind of test is that? What's a Rorschach a, test? A Rorschach test is like an ink blot test, where a random assortment of black ink spots on a white oh. piece of paper are read differently as different shapes and patterns by different people, which is supposed to indicate a uh, a bias on the half of the person like looking at it. So, like, I could look at a picture and think it's a moth, and you could look at a picture and think it's a baby with a machine gun. And that says a lot more about you <laughs> than it does about me. Um, so, like, the, the lyrics... What if it was the picture of a baby with a machine gun and you just saw a moth? I think that would mean that you were disassociating. Like, ah, that's nothing. That's, I'm okay. Steve is always disassociating from babies with machine guns. Yeah. Classic Steve. So... This chorus is a bit like a Rorschach test. It's more about what it says about you and what you think that she's trying to say. Did she do it on purpose? Almost certainly not, but that's what it is. <laughs> so, Steve, you're saying this chorus is the equivalent of, you're the weird one. Exactly. <laughs> so there's a lot of interpretations. So it's almost like her former band was the Black Ink Spots. <laughs> sure, Nick. I'll give that one to you. That was a funny, funny bit you did. Uh... Um, but the general consensus is that it is a, a metaphor representing her inability to resist the charms of men. Uh, other interpretations are about it being not about a man, but rather like uh, her relationship with alcohol, which, as we'll see in the next little bit. Oh, 
Now I'm wishing that I didn't wear these shoes. Like every time I get up on the do. So yeah, now as the drinks start pouring and my speech starts slurring, everybody start looking real good is the interlude there. And then a, a line about Great Goose got your girl feeling loose. So a lot of people kind of interpret that as meaning like, oh, well, the how come every time you come around, my London Bridge goes down is more a reference to alcohol's ability to impair inhibition and make people feel like looser and less like uptight about things. Well, well, I think it's more like every time this dude comes up, she's like, yo, I'm ready to fucking go. But you think she's talking to the booze? Well, but here's the thing. She's not necessarily necessarily. Um, said, well, <laughs> Steve, in, you having a stroke today? Let's I think so. <laughs> See, the drinks start pouring and your speech started slurring. Everybody started looking real good. Oh, shit! Um, so, th- because in the entire first verse, she doesn't say anything about men. Like, she doesn't say, like, I saw, I saw a guy, or we're dancing, or talking about, like, talking to a guy. There's no guy that is brought up. So if we're taking it, like, if we are under the assumption that she is writing these lyrics in a very purposeful way, then we could theoretically interpret uh, the fact that she didn't talk about men in the previous uh, verse, and now she's talking about the effect that booze is having on her as, oh, this is a song about that specifically, not about men. See, I saw it kind of differently. Like when at the at least at the very end when she says paparazzi put my business in the news, I thought the concept of a bridge going down is almost like her burning her bridges with fame and fortune, like destroying those bridges with the paparazzi. It just I don't know if she's referencing the time that the Normans destroyed the London Bridge or the time that the Danes did. Because there's now, a Nick, lot of historical baggage to both of them. Now Nick, I would assume that it's I would assume she's bringing up the fact that the Danes burned the bridge because she is a Dutch duchess. But no, I look, Nick, I'm going to assume that Fergie is a um at the very least a casual acquaintance with uh uh, symbols and mythology. So I'm going to assume she uses the imagery of the bridge, sort of like the way that you would use the imagery of a golden apple or a world tree, meaning symbols that represent similar things in different cultures that just sort of spring up uh, like unrelated to them, but that sort of like are part of the human collective consciousness and they just sort of like get brought up in different cultures. So the symbol of a bridge, meaning a thing connecting a place to another place. I'm just assuming that completely at the beginning that that's the direction she's coming from. But then why, at least in the music video, are they showing Tower Bridge? Like, act, Lond- actual London Bridge, to be honest, isn't much to look at, so maybe just for the sake of the music video, they wanted that in the background because it's more associated with just, like, ink, like London. Guys, but- because- guys I'm gonna, and also, like, I'm going to tell you, like, probably... 75% of people watching this music video don't know the fucking difference between the two bridges. And she's not contributing to clarifying that. Because she brought Because well, at the end of the day, Nick, it's about dancing it up in the club. You got Well, know, then like, why, why reference the London? I guess Steve already got into that. But just like you could have picked anything because in no other part of the song does the London Bridge tie into anything. You're right. You know, you know Nick, she should have talked about when the, the Berlin Wall came down. Yes. Nick, <laughs> Nick, obviously. Fergie is a storied student of international mythological and symbiological uh, uh, comparative literature. Obviously, that's that's where she got all these lyrics from. That's just obvious. She's a student of human mythology and symbols. That's <laughs> I, I, I can't make it any clearer than that. And neither could she. 
Paparazzi put my business in the news And I'm like, get up out my face Before I turn around and spray your ass with me My lips make you wanna have a taste You got that? I got the bass Okay, now there's a lot of interpretation to this lyric Is there? Obviously the paparazzi represents the Aesir gods of Norse mythology um, and she and the various ladies in the club represent the Vanir goddesses of uh, the competing Norse mythology and the culture war that they have to determine which gods will be prevalent. See, Steve, I was going more less for the mythological and more for the historical impact of her and her friends metaphorically uh, fighting off the Gaulish invaders uh, from trespassing across their well, gosh, you know, Nick, London like I said, bridge. like I said, it's open to interpretation. Mike, do you have a separate interpretation? Uh, you know, <laughs> just I just take the lyrics for what they are, boys. You know what I mean? She's sick of being in the National Enquirer for you know getting her grind on with fucking dudes in the club, man. I that's it's pretty straightforward, guys. Ah, Mike, you're so pedestrian. Yeah. <laughs> Every group what? needs a basic boy. Did you get a three on your AP English test? Uh, actually, I did terrible on. You know what? Because I didn't read the book I said I was going to read. You know that, what I mean? Well, that'll, do, that'll do it. Yeah. Helping with the. I just made a video about it after reading some Spark Notes. It was a great video, though. We got a we got an A on the video, but then I did terrible on the AP English test. Yeah. Well, that leads me to a point I was going to make before about uh, when you you both brought up the uh, why is she using the wrong bridge in the video, and that's because whenever you have to translate like a work of art to a visual medium, there's an inherent amount of dumbing it down for for visual sake. Now, visuals can can show a lot. Like, visuals can convey a lot of information in a very short amount of time. But also, they can be used as shorthand to sort of dumb down what you're looking at. Sort of like how, like, if Nick wrote uh, Chad is Not the Killer as a full-length novel, it would be a work of art. But because we put it on film... It's, you know, a big video for dummies. <laughs> Say that Good, to the Die hey, Laughing nice Film Festival, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any fault in that, it would certainly come from the performers and not the writer-director. Certainly not the creative vision. It's got to be... It, the worker never... The competent worker never blames his tools, Nick. <laughs> and you know what? I did work with a bunch of tools. You're right. Oh, nass. Fuck, man. I was just thinking that. I was like, damn, Steve, what are we? Actors are just empty vessels to fill their heads with lies. And lines. All right, but uh, then we get into the bridge. The London Bridge. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What, so, so what so do we got here? This is the only lyric I couldn't figure out what the hell it meant. And it might just be because I'm not culturally aware of a much, but me like a bullet, you know they come and write. Me like a bullet type. What does that mean? I think that means the gangsters. You know, both both of the, uh, uh, the, the Italian mob variety and like, you know, like in the... the like in the in the hood guys, you know, coming out with the but the Glocks, because they're tough dudes. They're bad dudes, but they're tough. But that doesn't mesh well. Because- and because and because <laughs> no, okay, guys, go with me on this. Hold on, Nick. I I just Fergie love him long time. She's all about my girls support him, right? So it's the guys that get locked up in jail and then they come out and then they but they got the ladies taking care of them. 
So, okay, so that's what you think a bullet type is. It's a bad boy who is likely to end up in prison and... Uh, who relies on his lady. To pull together bail money? <laughs> I don't know, because... I mean, I was going to say, though, a bullet type sounds very contemporary, because a bullet is a contemporary weapon, but that doesn't mesh well with my pre-established theory of, like, if she'd said, like, a spear type, then I may have believed she was referencing when the London Bridge was attacked by Swen Forkbeard uh, after having been rebuilt by the Saxon king Ethelred the Unready. Oh, Ethelred <laughs> the Unready. That was in, uh, the that was close to 1000 AD, wasn't yeah, it? That uh, was in the nine, 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 yeah, 990s, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so if she said I liked a sword type, I would have assumed she was maybe talking about a s- swaying forkbeard. What is yeah. this? The social study topsy report? Like, I mean, I feel like if I'm, Fergie like... is going to bring this historical precedent to the table, it is our duty as the song topsy report to shed light on it. Yeah, and Ethelred the Unready was unready because his mom killed his older brother, who was the better king. Oh shit! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you guys, you know what? You guys should be At the red, a- the unready is dead. Oh, shit! Steve, um, Steve, you know what? I yeah. think you need to start a career as a Zoom professor. You know what I mean? You're really, you and Nick, oh, no, tag-teaming I've, topics, you know? I, I've seen what that looks like, and it seems like a giant pain in the ass. Shout out to everyone who has to do that. You guys are doing the much better people. You're much better people than I am. But I'm, I'm just saying, so like me, first of all, she's saying me like again. So there's that. Um, and then right below that, she says, Fergie, love him long time again. So again, we're continuously going back to this very casual racism. Well, what if she loved him a short time, Steve? Would that be? That's, that's not the point. That is, <laughs> that is in no way the point of this. You have, you have missed the point in such a cataclysmic way. Like you, you shot for the moon. Like the moon was 10 feet in front of you and you hit Jupiter somehow. <laughs> Oh man! Well, also, but do you think? Do you think? Because like, this song's kind of old, right? Um, it's almost ten years old. No, I don't like thinking of two that fourteen I don't like years old. Of, yeah, I don't like thinking of two thousand six as old. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Just I'm looking, for I'm my looking, purposes, two thousand six. Sorry, uh, for my purposes. But Con- considering the actual age of the London Bridge, which goes all the way back to Roman times, <laughs> do, do you- it was constructed by Caesar, wasn't it? Um, by like I said, uh, Roman centurions definitely, uh, possibly around the time of Caesar, but they're uncertain as to when the initial structure would have been actually created. But it most likely would have been a pontoon type bridge. But Mike, you were saying, Nick, Nick, could you could you go? Well, so what, how many different bridge types are there, Nick? I I am not an architect. I can't say for certain. I can just say the London Bridge itself specifically underwent many. Actually, the the majority of the quote unquote old bridge was wild. They just had like buildings like on the bridge. Like you could on have like br- an, you could have like an apartment <laughs> that was sitting on the actual bridge before they took it all down. Tune in to our sister podcast, Building Bridges, with Nicholas Brigadier, where he discusses all <laughs> of our favorite Brigadier? bridges. <laughs> Nicholas Brigadier. <laughs> Suspension bridges, <laughs> pontoon bridges, zen bridges. There's just, oh, man, at least 12 episodes worth of <laughs> Nick, material. Oh, I we'll love do a, it. We'll do a short-run uh, <laughs> podcast just on bridges. Speaking of which, um, I if you're going to if you're gonna make this the bridge of your song about bridges, maybe make it, like, make sense. Not this. Not this. 
What was that, Steve? So another ATL, which again, this is probably a thing that is known to a lot of people who are more plugged in than I am. So I, I hesitate to say I don't know what ATL stands for. Atlanta, I, baby, right? No, I the song, I, I did some research. The song was recorded in California and Florida. No, Which Atlanta. is why it's a Cali, it's a Cali collabo. That one I know. It's a California collaboration. But I don't know what ATL, ATL stands for. ATL, is that? Hmm, Fergie Flow. That's the people. Cali collabo, that's where they're at. And the another ATL. Perhaps it's some sort of cipher. Perhaps it's a cipher that we... Well, it's, like it's, it, the, they re, they refer to a map somewhere, perhaps. Uh, it's weird though. After the late ninth century, Danish invaders did prompt a partial rebuilding by Alfred the Great, which would have been A T. But the L wouldn't be. I don't know if Alfred the Great was referred to anything else, but Alfred the Legendary. I don't know if he had another name, but that could have been the reference. Alfred the Longbeard. <laughs> Yes, uh, ah. much like much like Sway and Forkbeard would later uh, return to attempt to destroy the bridge again. That's got to be it. I, there's probably no other possible explanation. No, I don't see any. Does it does it have anything to do with London, like like a transportation to airport to London? Mike, I don't know if you I don't know if you figured this out yet. I don't know. But what we did find out, Steve, does she did say uh, they did say Fergie and Polo, so that is how you say it. Okay, Polo. We did Polo at least find out one thing by the end of this. Polo to Don. Okay. Wait, you didn't know. Da Don. <laughs> Polo to Don. Exactly. Yes. Not the wit. You know, on a podcast where we discussed Sway and Fork Beard, Ethelred the Unready, uh, and the Archbishop of Canterbury, Polo to Don is not the weirdest name. <laughs> no, but it's also the one I have the hardest time pronouncing, which shows you. Which, much like a Rorschach test, really says more about where I am plugged in than about where everyone else is plugged in. For instance, for instance, Nick, I know that Aethelred the Unready's name begins with A-E. Yes, yes that is 100% true. Because I am well aware of Anglo-Saxon spelling uh, due to my love of Tolkien lore. Oh, shit. <laughs> Uh, but the song just uh, resumes the first verse and chorus again, so we just get. She just that, four times yeah. she hits that same yeah. trope. It's again not blaming her no. specifically. She's not the one necessarily doing it. She is merely continuing a trend of. The most casual of racism. <sighs> Did we ruin the song for you, Mike? I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, I'll still, I'll still break it down to this so you can. But, <laughs> but it is unfor- It is unfortunate, Steve. It is unfortunate. You know, we gotta do better in this country, Steve, Nick, where we can say sexy stuff without offending offending people. You know. I feel like it's surprisingly easy. I don't know, man. I think it's kind of tough. <laughs> Well, yeah, maybe if you're in public or, like, on live TV, sure, it's a little tough. But, like, in a room with another human being, it shouldn't be all that difficult. How much of the decision to make it the course include London Bridge do you think was an attempt to have it chart higher in the U.K.? I don't, I don't think that—look, I don't think any sort of crass commercial thought like that went into it, Nick. No. I'm going to say it was either her love of English history— or her knowledge of cross-cultural uh, mythology. 
I think she was just trying to tap into the, the, the child part of our brains that remember the London Bridge nursery rhyme. That's it. That's, yeah, except she doesn't use any of it in the song. She talks about it going down and it makes you think about it. Yeah, but she doesn't and then, like... And then that's you subliminally start sending the song in your head. You got but it. That's, that's the thing. She's like, of everyone who has used London Bridge is Falling Down as like a hook for something, she's, I think, the only person who just uses the imagery but without the music. Or I guess Polo de Don did. Mike, I will say that at the, at the most basic level, the course does introduce London Bridge and some part of it going down. So you are right in that sense. Maybe that, it, it was some way to just tap into that like childlike. I noticed a lot of pop... We, this has come up so many times on this podcast. The most popular music is the, the almost the most childlike basic song structure because those are the songs you remember from your childhood. Could you imagine if... Uh, if Gucci Gang was actually like a kid's song, like Gucci Gang, 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 Gucci Gang. It's just, there's about as much lyrical complexity to Gucci Gang until he starts talking about Lean. There's as much lyrical complexity in that as any children's song. Oh, yeah. he. I think he got that from that old grim fairy tale about Gucci Gan, spelled G-A-H-N, or it was a Gucci Geist. No, it was Gucci Geist. It was a ghost story. About a well-dressed ghost uh, ah, that yes. terror, terrorized a Bavarian village. Yes, th- th- there were multiple stories in that series, and then there was the Gucci Ganger, which was the copy yes. of the Gucci yes. Gang that showed yes. up. Yes, excellent. They introduced a myriad of just well-known staples to uh, children's literature and uh, fairy tales. <laughs> oh my fucking god! <laughs> I can't with you guys. I can't. The only the only way the villagers the only way the villagers could discern who was the Gucci ganger was through a potent uh like herbal mixture of mountain dew um cough drops uh like it was an old it's an old bavarian uh uh like uh medicine it was spelled like lean a, just with an umlaut yeah. above it <laughs> exactly <laughs> lune yes lune you had glühwein and lune <laughs> so she she's as we as we've noted here yes, she's part conclusion. of a long She's part of a long, upstanding tradition of uh, plumbing uh, uh, different cultures and their folklore for song ideas about getting down in a club. And you know what? In that sense, I would say she accomplished her goal in London Bridge. Did we accomplish our goal in determining what the song was about? We we certainly accomplished my original goal of trying to make this interesting for me to talk about. <laughs> you did a you did a great job, Steve. You did a great job. As long as we make you happy, Steve, that's all. That's the only reason we keep this podcast going. That's the only reason I'm here. Uh, and Nick, Nick, the amount of research on London bridges. Look at you. <laughs> I listen. If if Fergie could bring that much to the table, I owed it to her to bring at least half as much as what she brought, and I hope I did. At- as 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 our reactions and discussion topics in this episode have proven, at at its at its peak, at its like or example of this, uh, London Bridge by Fergie is a Rorschach test for us. <laughs> the song means nothing, but given it what it made all of us talk about for the last hour, it says a hell of a lot about what we're thinking about. 
<laughs> that it does. <laughs> it does. The only thing I can add to it is to thank our listeners for tuning in this week. Uh, thank and to you. Let, and to let you guys know, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're posting fun stuff there all the time, so check it out. Liven up your Instagram newsfeed a little bit. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Brigadier if you want to see some of the stuff that I'm posting. And uh, Mr. Mike Russell. Yeah, you can find me on my Instagram at MrMikeRussell.com. That's MrMR.dot. And uh, yeah, like Nick said, you know, like uh, get, give it a give it a check out. Get up involved in the song tops of the Instagram. We're we're posting stuff. I'm posting polls. Uh, you know these these uh, these weekly polls that come out uh, of the episodes. Been posting those up. Give us your answers. Like, we love reading through them. We got some funny stuff. This uh, well, one of these past ones. I was asking what your uh, your comfort quarantine song was. Oh yes, uh, mine was uh, S Club Seven's "Bring It Back," and then uh, a, a listener. I don't know if she wants me to call her out or not. Ro, well, maybe. Oh, well, if her landlord's listening, <laughs> but the thing was, I yeah, her landlord came in and uh, moved in with her, which was crazy. Which is so insane. she she said her comfort song is. Oh, actually, I can't even say it. Never mind. It's it's not appropriate for the episode. But let me just say, I was cracking up. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so listen in, give us suggestions, get involved, and why don't you tell us what structure makes you think of cunnilingus? You know, excellent question. <laughs> a wide swath of varied answers, I'm sure, can be given. Uh, and Steve, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at yourmantrollo. Uh, on my website, stephentrollinger.com, uh, to see all of my fun little doodads and googongs and such. Goo- um, googongs? Goo- goo-gong, uh, googongs and such. And it's like a knit, it's like a, uh, like a knickknack. Paddywhack? You finish it. I'm not going to finish it. <laughs> Gucci, Gucci gang. Um, yeah. So yeah, speaking of, yeah, another nursery rhyme. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, and on all our, um, uh, you can find uh, uh, if you can. F- I think it's on. I have it on Facebook. I was in a uh, short film that was filmed about two years ago. Oh yes, I'm very uh, excited to see that. I still haven't seen that. Yes, yet. called uh, Lush Life. Um, it's it's on. Uh, I think I I'll I'll bring it. I'll bring a thing on my Facebook page. Uh, but uh, I don't know where else to post it. But yeah, if you can find it. Uh, there's a, a short film of me. Uh, it's called uh, Lush Life. It filmed about two years ago in Florida, in the swamps of Florida. And uh, yeah, uh, watch it. I actually haven't since it got made. So I hope it's good. <laughs> I can't wait to see this, Steve. Me too. I took like 10 seconds of it for my reel and never looked back. But because I kind of forgot it existed because it, it, I filmed it like two years ago. I'm excited. I, th- there's a trailer for it. It looked very good. It looked like a very classy, well acted. It's what, if there's, a, if like there's like enough a dad, interest, right? You're a dad, yeah. And then uh, you're getting wrapped up in some crazy, crazy life. Yeah. If there's enough interest, I'll, I'll maybe I'll post a link. Share the link to in your Instagram. In in the Instagram. Yeah. Or yeah. We can do, even on the song topsy. Yeah. We can put that link up for a week or so and let people uh, see it that way. So we'll see. Hell yeah. No, and they'll see, Steve. They'll see you. Yes. yes. Yeah, uh, check out Chad is Not the Killer if you haven't seen it already uh, first, and then we will put that link <laughs> in as well. And then the novelization that Nick is writing. Yes, to, yes. I'm going to work on it. Based on my comments from earlier. Exactly. I'm going to work on that as soon as we end. And on that note, actually, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I am Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. 
And I'm giving myself a four for this AP English exam. (laughs) Well deserved. And we will see you next week. Take care.